Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. I want to thank all of our listeners from all over the world. Please do subscribe and share if you're not already. All right, let's get into it. Waver? Anthony Waver? Schultz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. So greetings, fellow Earthlings. I am on the line with my dear friend, Anthony Schultz. I have known this gentleman since I was 13 years old. He's new to stereo. Just give him a warm welcome. We've got Tony Schultz uh, and myself talking about just, just random, random rants. We're just having a conversation. It was going so deep. I was like, oh my God, we got to go live with this. So we're doing it. We're bringing it to the people and just kind of talking randomly about politics, economics, yada, yada, yada. But every time we talk, it goes deep. So where were we, Tony? God. <laughs> oh, no, how do we get yeah. this started again? We broke, we broke yeah, the momentum. Like, you're like, fuck you, Dave. Put it on me. Where were we? I don't know. Where were we? Basically, no, basically Dave, we were, everybody has their price. And if you had a show and somebody said to you, you know, um, forget about all your principles, I'm going to give you a bunch of money, would you do it? And both of us are pretty much in agreement, Dave. Yeah, yeah, we probably would. Yeah, well, okay, so thank you. Thank you for the, for the refresher. So, you know, I consider myself to be a pretty level-minded human, right? Pretty uh, empathetic pretty compassionate, uh, a fighter for the underdog. But um, I also have a lifelong dream of using my my voice to make money, getting into comedy, getting into voiceover, getting into broadcasting. And then Tony and I were talking about, you know, well, would you do something that was against, that violated your personal integrity for the right dollar amount? And without flinching, I said yes. Because... I grew up, you know, semi-poor and watching people around me have an easier time. Um, so unfortunately, yeah, yeah, I would sell out my integrity in a heartbeat for the right amount. You know, every and then, you know, if you have negative thoughts about that, think about it. Everybody's got a price. Obama had a price, right? He, he bailed out the bankers, not the homeowners. So everybody has a price. It's just what's the number? What's the number? Right. And also, like Dave, there's Brad that Pitt. whole situation with, you know, the um, I've got to compromise. I've got to make some kind of adjustments to get to where I need to get. And even if I don't get everything I want, I've got to do something to at least get partially. So sometimes I don't think it's just because, you know, you have, you know, no morals. Sometimes you got to give something to get something. Well, you always do, don't you? But it's what level are we talking, right? right? Where does it end? Right. I mean, yeah. and politics I, is, is that way, David. Like, well, right now our politics is, you know, there's no compromise at all. It doesn't seem like these guys can get together on anything. But for the most right. part, it's always been like, hey, I want this. And somebody's going to say, well... What, what was that day? Was like those those pork barrel type things where you want to say A, but somebody says you got to throw in B, or I'm not going to vote for you, and you're not going to get your A. Or whatever those well, things might be, right? Can we can like, we know, talk some about some one that some of those bills Dave, that have nothing to do? You know, they'll they'll sell, they'll it'll be some kind of a legislation, and then they'll throw in something yeah. that has nothing to do with that legislation, but you have to include that. To get it passed yeah if you want me to vote for this legislation we must include this so i've got a i've got a, a factual on this recently the covid stimulus package that went out four billion dollars of aid to israel wow like wait a minute i thought this was a covid stimulus pack to help the u.s economy but a couple stuff you know a bunch of staunch republicans or, you know, I don't, it might have been both sides of the aisle. Staunch reporters of Israel threw that in there, you know, on page 542, right? Mm -hmm. You want us to vote for it. 
brutal. And some of that stuff is so, you know, endless. I mean, wasn't that what the line item veto years ago was about, Dave? So they could take, yes. they could veto portions of legislation rather than the whole bill. Right. So you should be able to take out items of a bill that have nothing to do with the overarching goal of that bill. Right. Right. Like right. for U.S. U.S. economy stimulus, there should not be woven into that bill foreign aid to a foreign country. That's a different yeah. topic. Right. What does that have to do with the, what we're talking about? Like, why do you, why yeah. that? Shouldn't right. that be a different piece of legislation altogether? Thank you very much. But that would be informing the public as opposed to trying to fleece the public, right? So now we're talking about the intent of our politicians. And, 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 and you know what this brings up, Tony? I don't, I don't want to take over the conversation. Let me throw one thing out and throw it back to you. What do you think about the fact that we have five lobbyists for every member of Congress. So for every member of Congress, say AOC, she's got five lobbyists coming at her every day. When was the last time I went to Congress? Oh, guess what? I've never been to Washington, DC. When was the last time you went and met with a Congress person in Washington? Oh, probably never. We don't, but no, guess what? Never. Lobbyists, they're there every day. And they're not so, serving the interests of the general public. Thank you. So what do you think on that? How do we fix that? Oh, well, Dave, this is you and I have talking about this. Oh, I don't know, 30 years now. Um, and I think isn't um, uh, H1. Oh, God, I don't want to say H, not H1N1. H, come on. Dave, there's, <laughs> That's there's where a I was going. There's a H1N1 was a virus, right? There's a piece of yeah. legislation, Dave, and I can't remember specifically what it is now. But it's I about either, big but money. I know what you're talking about. It's about big money in politics. And this is the, the Biden administration putting this out there, Dave. And I'm like, you know what? This sounds like really progressive type of legislation, Dave. And I'm all for it. And I, this is the kind of thing we need. We need to get the big money out of politics. Like you and I have been talking for years and years. And over the last, um, I don't know, decade or so, it's only gotten worse. It's absolutely it's actually gotten worse when it was bad before. Exponentially worse. Right. It's it's so um, unbelievably ridiculous. The, the the way these guys can just go in there and go, I have this amount of money. I want you to support this legislation. How can and now how can society and be okay with that? It's insanity. And I think the reason, Tony, is because most people don't know, right? Because, you know, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, they're not talking about this. They're not talking about how to be an informed voter about, you know, they're not talking about this. They're not talking about critical thinking, right? Question authority, think for yourself. None of that. None of that. You know, bow, bow and obey, basically. Is it uh, HR I mean, one overgeneralized. What's that? Is, that, is that the piece? Is, is the legislation HR one? Is that? That's I think it was HR ninety six, HR ninety six, HR six ninety six, something like that. God damn it! I don't remember I the uh, the number. But actually, did some of remember. these news programs have been talking about that particular piece? But in general, they don't talk enough about that type of thing. When that well, should be exactly. we should all we should all be taking a class on this kind of stuff. Well, well, thank you. And finances, right? So what else don't they teach us, right? Like, do we learn how to balance our checkbook? No, because guess what? It benefits the bank if you bounce a check. Do we learn, right? It, isn't that crazy? Like, wouldn't you think, even in home ex class, when we had it back in high school, and who knows if, the, if it even exists, but there was a home economics class when, when Tony and I went to high school, and it taught you basically how to run a household, you know. Um, yeah. But I don't. How to run the but I don't remember. of your life, you know what I mean? Right. But I don't remember. Here's how you balance a checkbook. That part I never learned. Why? Because the banks probably pay them to not teach that. Because every time you bounce a check, the bank gets twenty bucks. 
So there's 350 million people in the in the country. How many banks like check, bounce checks per day, right? Well, it just so, it does seem like the kind of the kind of stuff that uh, incredibly practical, useful material. And I I was never a math guy, but the vast majority of us, Dave, let's be honest, are never going to use algebra. Thank you. Okay, I'm not. But and I'm not saying don't economics we could use. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's good for your brain to learn those kind of things, and you can learn different, uh, different things. That's that's really good brain exercise. But you know, to get through high school or to get through college, that you're not going into a math background, sort of a you know uh, a math occupation. You're not training for something like that. I just don't see why you have to have algebra one, algebra two, and I think there's another one even after that to get a BA. You know? Algebra two. Algebra two to get a BA, but thank you because I don't have a BA, Tony, and that's been my stumbling block is algebra. Um, I have no desire to do any type of science, medical. I want to do broadcasting. I want to talk to people, right? So why do I need algebra? You really don't. Why couldn't I take four more English classes at increasing levels of difficulty, right? Uh, Dave, I, I'm one of these kind of people that, like, if, again, if you're not going into that particular field where that kind of stuff is required, and that absolutely you need to learn that to be able to, say, work in computer science and, you know, um, different medical backgrounds and stuff like that, or go into finance or whatever, you know, Contractor. you need to do stuff like that. To me, Dave, if you pass general math or a or a basic algebra class just to finish it all off because algebra kind of does finish the whole thing off as far as right. you know introduction to algebra right right once you finish that that introductory part of it well obviously if you can do that algebra day then you can add subtract multiply divide do percentages that that right you can do all that basic stuff so you can balance your checkbook right you and you're good for ninety percent of jobs. Right. So what, why, why all the, oh, you know, but Dave, actually a, uh, a teacher once said to me, said very specifically to me, and I asked him like, you know, I want to be a, be a broadcaster, do sports writing. You know, why do I need to, and he's like, well, because they want to sell you textbooks and, and charge you to take classes. <laughs> he was really upfront about it, Dave. And I'm like, oh, okay. But if, you, again, he's like, you know, if a four-year degree is what you want, you know, you want to get a college education, complete it. This is what you got to do. How much do you right. want to do? And you might, you might, some people might think you sound cynical, Tony, by saying that. I want to counter those people's perspective right now. Um, because it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. So I was taking algebra at 42 years old, going back to school, taking algebra. So one semester I sign up, the, the textbook, $162, $162, Tony. There's a whole the business next, there. The next semester, they're using a different textbook. Did algebra change? No. Oh. Apparently, algebra was invented way back by the, by the, by the Egyptians, by Iranians, Tony. Persians, Persians. So the Persian Empire. Right. So it hasn't changed since the Persian Empire. Why the fuck are you changing your textbook? Oh, because you want to rape me for money. It's exactly what it is, Dave. It's exactly what it is. And again, just from a practical standpoint, Dave, I've never used algebra since I took algebra. Thank you. you know? Thank you. I'm not my, my I'm friend not who was a computer or developing software here. I don't need to know that. Well, and, and so it's not just those people, Tony. Rick Bushner, who was a friend of, uh, of Tony and I, uh, still is. You know, um, love you, Rick. But anyway, you know, a brilliant Finnish carpenter, con general contractor, mathematic thinking guy. But he was like, dude, I use algebra every day. How do you calculate the rise and run of a staircase? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. He's like, it's, out. it's basic high school algebra, Dave. Come on. I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, well, that makes there's sense. There's one guy using it. I remember uh, it was uh, Sean Beeman from years ago. I remember Sean Beeman, Dave, and uh, oh, yeah. he's like 
basically, Dave, he was the guy when the computer broke down, he'd come in and fix it. Yeah, okay? in had, high school. He, he was had that a very, genius in high school. He had a very skilled job, you know, just a few years out of high school when he, he started working this. And I was talking to him about it one day. We were waiting at the DMV in Marin County or in uh, Nevada. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and I bumped into him and we started talking and like, oh, going on about this and that. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you don't like algebra. And I'm like, I got to tell you, Tony, I use it every day. Like, okay, well, then you're the guy, Rick Bushner, Sean Beeman, you're the guys that should be taking this stuff. You and know? it should I be an elective. It should be an elective or a requirement for science and mathematics yes. course for majors, exactly. right? But, but if you're an English major, if you're a broadcasting major, come on, man. You kidding me? It's just a hurdle. And why is that hurdle in front of me? I, I agree, Dave. I agree. I, I mean, I'm all for, you know, a well-rounded education, Dave, the liberal arts type of education. But at sure. some point, Dave, how much literature, if I'm not going into, a, you know, uh, I, I don't want to be a writer or something like that. You know, I want to be a, uh, right. a contractor. Yeah, yeah. If I yeah, want to yeah. be a contractor, how much, how much literature, how much Edgar Allan Poe and Herman Melville do I do I need to read? I'm all for taking one of those courses to get through college, Dave. I'm all for totally. that. And, and I do agree that to have a, a well-rounded society, people need a base level of knowledge. However, what we're talking about is, okay, I got my base level of math. Now I want to go into a focus. I want to focus on my specialty that I know I want to do with all my heart. Let me do that. Let me do that. And Dave, I just think, you know, because of the cost of education, and that's something else we could talk about too, but because of the hey, cost Tony. of education and because of the time in education, shouldn't we be, David, gearing that type of thing more toward getting a career, getting a job? Shouldn't it be that practical part of it? Well, I think it should. Tony, we got, we got a message from a listener. Uh-oh. Oh my oh, God! We got my friend Mind Fox. So you know the word, you know the, uh, you know the movie V for Vendetta, right? I've heard of it. I've not seen that yet. I'm gonna watch that at some point. You need to watch it. It's it's amazing. So it's the government came up with a whatever. It's basically what we're going through right now. But the premise is Guy Fox was a real character back in the day. So it's. It's a movie, but there's historical true facts to it. And the reason I'm saying this is because a friend of mine on stereo here, Mind Fox, who's it's that's a tweak on Guy Fox, right? Mm -hmm. um, he's leaving us a message right now, and he is a very deep thinking gentleman. And here we have a message from Mind Fox. I think we're in the era of self-made. Um, I don't believe at this point, I mean, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a cardiologist, you need college for that. If you want to be a lawyer, you have to pass the bar, but there's a lot of gray areas. I mean, there's a lot of independent artists that refuse to sign to a record label because why? I make so much money from my YouTube channel and my independent shit on Spotify, and there's no need for that. Um... Yep. We've reached the point where, I mean, on a side note, do you have to have algebra to get a broadcast degree? Yes. Yeah, actually, you do. You do. Yeah. Or you used to. Um, I've been out of school for a million years. It might have changed, but in the old days, Dave, if you wanted to get that degree, you had to have that. That was a requirement. Yeah, that's why I have a certificate in audio engineering and not a BA, because I didn't finish my algebra requirements. It's one of those hurdles. You got to do it. And again, Dave, that's the whole thing. If you want something, you have to like, you know, there's certain things that you have to get done. You have to accomplish. You have to fight through it to get it. I'm all for that. But like you and I have been talking about, part of this is a freaking racket. Yes. Part of this is, what can I charge you for? It's like, you right. know, I have to have a business license to work for the city of Walnut Creek to do sports games, even when I only do a handful of them a year. Why do I need a business license to do a handful of gigs a year? 
Why? Because they yep. can charge them 75 bucks. That's why. That's exactly why. And guess what? If you go to the next town over, you need a business license there too. And I'm all for it, Dave. If you're going to work, you know, and make a certain amount of money and you're working a lot, okay, I get it. They want to collect money from you. They got a society to run, like paying your taxes. I don't have a problem with it. But is it really necessary, Dave, when I literally make, oh, I don't know, six or $700 a year maybe doing that? Seriously? It's right. like, yeah, it's not no, like it's we're ridiculous. working. We're not even, it's not even a part-time job, not even close. Right. It's a love, it's a labor of love is what it Basically, is. Basically, it puts a few bucks in my pocket for doing a job, making me feel like a professional that my time is valued. And then I can say, Marlene, honey, you want to go out to dinner? Yeah, I got a couple of hundred bucks from the last game I did or last couple of games I did. Let's, let's yeah, go out and guess what? And guess what? This last week I used my degree, right? Right. Yeah, the stuff that I'm trained for. Tony went to college. This is what I. This is what I do. Yeah, because Tony, you know, did the four-year plan. I did the short plan. I I did ten years singing in a band, but I only did a twenty-four unit college program for audio engineering, specifically focused on audio engineering. Um, Tony and I did a a radio program together. He was doing sports, and I just you know kind of you know ran the mixing board, but. yeah, so we've both had this love, this passion, this desire, but society places these hurdles in front of you. And it, it, to me, it's, 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 really, it's really disheartening because there's so many people that you, would, that you would see killing it on so many levels if they could just focus on where their talent was, A, and where their passion is, right? Like, let me focus on what I'm good at. I don't want to become mediocre at what I suck at. I want to become really good <laughs> at what I'm good at. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can make me a really shitty, low-level, totally low-ball mathematician. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your goal? Or I could be a master orator, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, okay. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? No, no, I'm not. When it comes to math, there's probably a bunch of fifth graders that are just better at this than me. That's all there Straight is up. to it. I'm never going to be good at it. And like, I, like, I just don't have a problem if you're doing this. That's If you're doing this and it's in my best interest to know this stuff. But clearly, Dave, it's not. And they just want to they sell you another textbook. That's well, it. And you know what it is? You know what it is, Tony? It's it's teaching us to bow to authority, to conform to the norm, and preparing us to work in a factory. But guess what? We don't have factories anymore. Um, most jobs are entrepreneurial, right? Like like uh, small businesses are the majority of our economy, right? So that's people having an idea putting their love, their sweat, their tears into it, giving it their all. That's what we should support. I'm all for it, Dave. Um, What I do see now in our economy and what is really needed, Dave, uh, as we kind of, a bit of a segue here, um, infrastructure is really critically important, Dave, to moving our society along, to keeping us up with what's new and what's going on. We need broadband, Dave. We need bridges fixed. And that takes, Dave, a lot of people who know how to go out and do that kind of work, Dave. You know, we need a lot of, we need welders, Dave. We actually need this kind of stuff. And yet that's not, that's not happening. All the entrepreneurial and the artistic stuff, Dave, I think that is fantastic. People chase their dreams, okay, and make things happen. But a lot of times, Dave, I need somebody who knows how to build a building. You know, we just flat out need that. And we got to put more effort and money into it. And I think, David, you think when you need your house painted, Tony, if you need your house painted, do you want somebody who knows about all the different types of paint, the different types of surface preparation, how each different surface needs to be prepared to a to a effort to have paint adhere to it? Or do you want them to have a base level of al- base level knowledge of algebra? <laughs> 
I want somebody who's competent, who knows what they're doing, is going to do a good job, Dave. I'm not going to have to repaint it in like six months and is right. not going to charge me an arm and a leg. And I'm willing, Thank you. David, for a good job, I'm willing to pay a decent amount of money. So that said individual, it's worth it for them to come out and do that type of job. Thank you. And, and now this person shouldn't have to go through a rigmarole, like basically a boot camp of education just to get through it to then do something 180 degrees in the opposite direction. That's cray cray, right? Why don't we have an apprenticeship program for people who aren't quote unquote college material? Why don't we have an apprenticeship program? Like, hey, do you want to be a plumber, drywall guy, painter, plumber? What do you want? Exactly. And, and, and a lot of those jobs, David, like you said, they just, they don't require college, Dave. This is not, Good you know. paying jobs, Tony. A, right. As a, as, a, as a plumbing contractor, you're making 90 bucks an hour, Tony. That's 180000 a year. God, is, it, is that what they're making now? My God. That's 180 grand a year, Tony. And now, granted, I'm talking it, about. I the, didn't know it was that much money. I mean, that is just. My God, that is that's a, a lot of dough. That is a very good high standard of that, living. That's a good fucking living. You're making a lot more than an office manager, right? But ooh, you're a plumber. You have to deal with poop every once in a while, like people's yeah, kitchen gross. drains. It's kind of gross sometimes. It can um, be. Sure. I'm not gonna lie. I've done handyman work for 20 years. Plumbing is the worst freaking thing in the world. Um, but. It, it, it is so it, stinking necessary, Dave. It is yeah, so oh yeah. important. And some people dig it. So stoke those people because we need them. So stoke them, pay them, right? We need them. If your drain quits, quits working, your main drain for your whole house, you're screwed. All your toilets will back up. You're sh right, right? I mean, plumbing is one of, I mean, come on, the Romans gave us plumbing, Tony, right? We had mass, you know, mass pandemics, huge viral outbreaks, horrible health repercussions before yes. there was modern, quote unquote, modern plumbing. And by modern plumbing, I mean what the, what the uh, um, Italians invented, the, you know. Well, I think like the, the Romans, the, the Romans were able to build like the first aqueducts so they could move water to a certain area. And somehow they, these guys were so smart. I mean, how many centuries ago was this? And they were able to get water to like go uphill. How did they Tony, figure that out? Tony, they had concrete that is stronger than ours today. How? How did they? How oh. did they? I don't know, but we don't have concrete that strong today. Their concrete was stronger. Not only did they have the aqueducts that we that we all know about, dude, they had lead water pipes. Granted, granted, it was lead, and that's fucked up. They didn't know, so they're it, you know they're basically giving everybody that's drinking the water brain damage. But yeah, they were the first people to use a pipe. No, it's some of that stuff, that Roman engineering. I think History Channel had a series about Roman engineering, Dave. Specifically, oh, yeah. I, I caught some of that. It's, they're absolutely incredible. You know, but it goes to show you, David, that that kind of practical knowledge, the guy that, you know, carries a lunchbox, the quote unquote blue collar worker, those people are skilled and exceedingly important. I, I was watching something years ago, Dave, about the breakdown of society and when essential they essential employees. That when they when they decide to, you know, shut things down and we're not going to be using this and we don't, you know, and, and the people that they found out that were needed the most in in the immediate time frame, Dave, the people Lowest that were needed paid. the most were garbage men. Lowest paid. <laughs> Lowest paid, Tony. You don't get rid of the garbage, then you have all it's filthy, it stinks, and it causes disease. Well, now you got rats, now now you got disease, now you got typhoid, and you know, now you got middle ages diseases coming back, right? And so what what where did those diseases come from? Fecal matter from, from our sewage not being treated with and from garbage. 
Isn't that right? isn't that incredible though? I mean, it's Dave. They didn't miss the hedge fund manager as much as they missed the garbage man. What does that right. tell oh, you? Well, exactly. And and Tony, who became an essential worker? Oh, our grocery clerks. God yes. bless our grocery clerks. Thank you for for being. Do you remember this, Tony? Thank you for being yes. on the front line. Give them a fucking raise. Don't thank them. <laughs> you kidding me? Pay them a well, living wage. And Dave, how about the uh, the people that are growing our food, processing our food, trucking our food to market? Don't, how about the, uh, how 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 important did they become in the crisis? The hedge fund manager didn't. The CEO of a bunch of companies didn't freaking matter, Dave. It was those people that mattered because those are the people that put the food on your table. Tony, you just unleashed my elephant of rage. But you you nailed it. So a, a tomato should cost $5, right? Yikes. Because of the labor. The labor. But it doesn't. You can buy three tomatoes that taste like shit. They're harvested too early, yada, yada, yada. But it's, it's exactly what you just said, bro. You just nailed it on the head. All of our food, any produce, it should cost three to four dollars, two to three dollars more than we're paying for it right now currently. But it's being subsidized. And those workers are being paid slave labor wages. So I live in Sonoma County, right? Santa Rosa, California. Major agricultural area. A lot of wineries, mostly wineries, unfortunately, as opposed to food. Right. Um, but what you see, Tony, late, late, late at night, like nine o'clock, is a farm van that's they go pick up workers early in the morning, drive them to the vineyard, then they bring them back to wherever that person lives later at night. Mm. So they got their own shuttle service. And it sounds nice, right? Like a Google bus, but oh, it's not a Google bus. And the reason they have the shuttle service is because the people don't make enough to for, to pay for a bus pass. And because they got to be there at four in the morning. So the bus, you know, you can't count on the bus, right? So it's brutal, brutal, brutal work hours. You're, you're working brutally early, 12 hour shift in the sun all day long. And you're not getting even close to minimum wage fucking brutal right like why so, do we put up with this kind of stuff i don't know but I, that's why i'm saying dude a tomato should cost five dollars because of what it takes to get that tomato to your table like w when you eat a tomato bro you should be like you should be looking at it like a filet mignon like oh we splurged today we got a tomato right? i'm so glad we don't i i workers have to be treated fairly but my God, David, you know, if you, unless you live in a food desert, yeah, that's, a whole, that's a whole different kind of story. But for the most part, most of us that live out, you know, in uh, urban areas or suburban areas, most of us, Dave, it's like you can pass a grocery store, go in and celery, broccoli, cucumbers, tomato. I mean, all this stuff is relatively inexpensive. All year long. And especially right. when you compare it, Dave, to going out to eat, especially these days, right? Going out to eat pricey. And this is this is this is what okay, you just brought up a major topic. So look at all the food when you go into a grocery store. Oh, that's weird. I just echoed back. Did you hear that? No. Okay, good. It's only on my end. Um, so do this experiment for me the next time. Anybody listening and Tony please yourself do this experiment for me the next time you go into the grocery store just notice don't do anything different just notice how many products will expire within 14 days mm. it'll, it'll blow your mind now now absorb this fact 40 percent of all the food grown so produce and raised so meat 40 percent of all food is thrown away yikes god that's an that's a staggering statistic right and, and and it was hard for me to believe but 
next time you go to a store, look at the meat section, bro. That shit's all good for seven days. What I don't understand right. is the people that are actually, um, you know, bringing this stuff in and how much are we using? Don't they calculate that? They're like, you know, generally speaking, we sell this much beef, this much pork, this much chicken. And if we have all this stuff left over, Dave, the next time, don't they go, all right, guys, I'm only going to purchase 75 percent of what I did last month. Don't you well, yeah. I mean, don't you make you're, the adjustment after a while so you don't have all this stuff that you're throwing away? You're absolutely right. But on the farmer's end, they got to raise as much as they as they can. Right. And a much a bunch of it might not be bought or it might go to the store, but then not get sold. And go bad. Right. So the store doesn't pay for products that don't sell. It's the store. Like in a grocery store, it's there on consignment, right? Safeway doesn't buy your food. Safeway sells your food for a markup. So if your product sells, if your hamburger sells, Tony, like Tony, Tony Schultz Beef Farms, if all your hamburger sells, you're getting paid. But guess what? If 25% of it went bad on the shelf, that's on you, bro. But I just, I, I, I can't, it's like saber metrics in baseball over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years or whatever it is, Dave. They've, they've got so much of this, this stuff figured out to a science. You know, how much yeah. is this worth? How much is this worth? This is how much we're selling. I just, like, 40% of throwaway just seemed, I, I could understand five, maybe 10, but 40 that just seems like no is is somebody's not thinking about this enough. Like for instance, if you go to a fast food restaurant, right? They know, McDonald's knows, or they have a pretty good rundown, David, of how many hamburgers hamburgers am I going to sell at noon on Wednesday? Don't they don't they have a pretty good idea about that? Like generally well, thank speaking, you. thank you for bringing that up because McDonald's was my first job. So this I have knowledge about firsthand. Um, they may have changed it now. I'm sure they have. I hope they have. But the way McDonald's used to be run is everything was pre-cooked. So if you drove into the drive-thru, if you walked into the restaurant, food was ready on the counter. You didn't, they didn't cook it for you. It's ready. Right. But as a result of that, after 10 minutes, all that pre-cooked food got thrown in the garbage. So when I finished cooking a hamburger, I would put a number on it. And it would be the number that the, the minute hand was hitting on the clock. So say 12 o'clock, right? Say it, the, the minute hand is at 12. I'd put a 12 behind these four burgers that I just put in the, in the slot and the heat under the heat lamp, right? So it's a grab and go kind of thing. Well... When the minute hand reaches two, meaning it's 10 minutes later, all those hamburgers are thrown away. But after a while, Dave, don't they get, don't they understand like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sell around this many. So to, I mean, because every time well, you got to throw away a burger, Dave, you had to pay someone to cook it. You had to pay for the burger. Right. You know so I mean? they're doing like, statistics. So they're doing statistics and they're forecasting how many they got to sell. But ultimately, it needs to be cooked to order when somebody right when somebody comes in and orders a hamburger, then you fucking cook it. Yeah, but then that's not fast food. And then, and then well, you lose the convenience. And if you're at well, a well, lunch well, rush. Guess, well, well, guess what? Now you got to wait three to four minutes. And if you can't do that. Fuck off, because we're not going to throw away 300 pounds of food every day. Well, you can't. Right? How, can you stay in, how can you stay in business doing that, Dave? To, to give you your quote-unquote convenience, which is, which is just brainwashing, right? We've all been right, brainwashed to think that I need it yesterday, damn it. Right? And I'm guilty. If I pull up I, in and out. I totally like that, too, Dave. I don't. When I pull up to In-N-Out Burger, Dave, and they, I think they, 
they are cooked to order, right? Isn't In-N-Out cooked oh, to yeah. order? Okay, totally. so when I pull up sometimes, Dave, and I see that drive-through line at In-N-Out on some of those days on a Saturday night, forget it. I'm out of there. That's that's not Tony, convenient to me. I, I don't do it. Tony, if there's more than five cars at the In-N-Out drive-through, I I drive by and I fucking curse. I'm pissed off. I'm not going there. I'm not going to wait in line. God damn it! My whole plan has been thwarted. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. Right. I right wanted a burger. You. I wanted a fucking burger, but no, I'm not going to fucking fall in line and sit there polluting the whole fucking planet while my goddamn car idles because there's four idiots in front of me that don't know what the fuck they want. We're taking ten minutes to order. I want a double double, a large fries, and a chocolate shake. Can I get I that? Thank you. Bye. I hear you. And that's like when I go to McDonald's and some of these other places, Dave, I want convenience and fast food. And if you don't give me that, why am I going to you? Yeah, then the fuck off. Because it's I not go good there food. Is because of the convenience. It's not because it just it tastes so much good. better than everything else. Exactly. It's not. Right. How does Taco Bell do business? Not because it's a good taco. Right. Because it's. Well, it's two minutes. Well, a part of and it is open twenty four hours. A part of it is that, it, that there is a good taste to it. You know, salty, greasy, fatty food, sugary stuff right. does taste pretty good. We do like that. Salt, stuff. grease, fat. Salt, but grease, fat. Check them all off. A big part right. of it, though, Dave, is is convenience, and that's why McDonald's. You know, I think I think History Channel did something on that too. The guys that create was it Ray Kroc, Ray Kroc, yeah. the founder of McDonald's. And they figured this whole thing out, Dave. You know, in the beginning, David, they had all these different things on the menu. And the guy's going over his list and he's going, well, here's how many chicken sandwiches we sold. Here's how many, like, uh, you know, turkey legs we sold, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, we're going to have three burgers, yeah, large fries, fries, small fries, burgers, soda, and a shake. And soda. And that's it. He's, he's like, got rid of everything else. They got right. rid of everything exactly. else, Dave, because Lower the overhead. it's profitable. It makes it Lower. easier quicker for us, and this is what's profitable. You lower the overhead, right? You look at every look at every taco truck, taco joint, taco restaurant. What do they have, Tony? They got five ingredients. What can they make with those five ingredients? Five thousand things, right? Tacos, burritos, quesadilla. Yeah, you want a fucking tostada, fucking enchilada, quesadilla, a burrito, a fucking, you know, <laughs> a, a super quesadilla. Like, okay, just put it, just arrange the same ingredients different, and it's a different thing. And I'm cool with that. I love it. You kidding me? I can eat it every day. It absolutely works. I'm, I'm definitely good for three times a week doing Mexican food. And sometimes, David, it's this place makes the best tostada because their shell is like really, really crispy. It's awesome. This place makes yep. the best quesadilla. These guys make the best nachos. This place you know has I mean? the best carne asada. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to a place, uh, Jalisco's, um, out in Jalisco. Um, you Jalisco's, pronounce it with an H. Jalisco. Okay. And it's out in uh, Brentwood near Heritage High School here in uh, Contra Costa County. Uh -huh. And they, the chicken was it, it's like. Oh my God, this chicken is, is tender white meat, absolutely delicious. And I don't know, Dave, it was almost like this they, This stuff belonged in uh, like linguine Alfredo, chicken linguine Alfredo. It was like something you could have just barbecued up yourself. Marin David tasted like they marinated it. And it's like, oh my God, this stuff is unbelievable. And I wasn't even pissed off paying 13 something dollars for a burrito and a Coke. It was so good. I would. I didn't even care. Thirteen dollars. That's freaking. Oh my god, my asshole hurts. Dave, eating out has become, and it's been going in this direction for a long time. So let's just not blame the current administration. Although prices are going up now too, that's something that, that's definitely happening. But eating out, eating out, Dave, is just freaking expensive. You know, you did, Dave. You can't go to McDonald's. And an order, say the number two, for less than nine dollars now. Are nine dollars for a burger, fries, and a soda. Ten bucks for yeah. crap you Donald's. Just, you just burned ten dollars for that. Wow. You know? and, it, 
And Dave, remember when when um, uh, deli sandwiches? Remember they were five like bucks. four bucks, five bucks, four, four to five bucks, four fifty, right? Yeah, you're looking at about you're looking at ten or eleven dollars now. Oh yeah, most places. There's a deli near me, Dave's Deli, and it's a gourmet deli. Makes their own ice cream. Their sandwiches are off the chain, bro. And they have a Monday through Friday special, five fifty. Wow. Oh, you got to hit that one up. Every day, bro. Every day. Yeah. No, that's that's just too good. I mean, that that's like nineteen ninety five prices there. And they're the best sandwiches in the town. So. Like they are busy, solid, solid. Well, I mean, what they're telling us right now, Dave, and again, it's been it's been quite a while. What they're telling us is go to the grocery store, go home and cook yourself a meal. That's what they're telling you, because this stuff is way too expensive. Well, 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 they're telling us that with the prices. But what they're telling us with the marketing is go to Applebee's. Go to fucking, you know, Red Lobster. Go to, go out, go out, go out. And we all Diamond. love to do it, Dave. I love Home. to go to, I love to go out and sit down and just order something and make, somebody brings it to me. I like that. Come it's on, convenient. come on, Tony. Diamonds mean you love her. Right? Yeah, but I think this is different though, Dave, because it is such an essential part of everyday life is eating. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, Diamonds no, are just ceremonial. Yeah, the re- and- the, the, but the reason I said that is, is it's the same brainwashing, right? Like every year you'd like, if you really love her, you know, you're going to take out a loan or put this thing on your credit card. Like, no, if you really love her, you won't have any debt, <laughs> you know, and you'll just <laughs> love her. Don't make her, don't make her absorb your debt when you die. Just do that. <laughs> You know, how about that, Dave? I right? when I look at some of those kind of things, Dave, and, and that De Beers, um, De Beers uh, um, ad campaign, and their um, marketing strategy going back a million years was just phenomenal. They would just really suckered us into believing this kind of stuff. But it's oh, yeah. that's just a fact of life now. I mean, when you get when you get married, Dave, a woman's gonna want a diamond ring. And, and if you don't, and if you don't, then you don't love her, right? Well, she's going to feel so, shortchanged, that's for sure. So I, I, I you know, I'm, you know me, Tony, I, I've always been a rebel, kind of, you know, I've been black sheep of my family. I'm a different thinker. You know, I admit it. Sometimes I'm a little off base, but whatever. I, I, I marched to the beat of my own drum. When I got engaged, I bought my fiance a ring and dude i didn't i didn't want to go with a like a nug like a fucking boom here's a ring with a big old diamond on it right because like ooh, i couldn't buy that big of a diamond a and b i don't want to buy into the whole de beers thing because i know it's oppression on an imperialistic degree that should have ended hundreds of years ago so i didn't want to buy into any of that right but at the same time, bro, I loved this woman and I wanted to show her that. And like you said, I wanted to make it known, right? Like, there's no doubt. Like, I threw down, right? So what I did is I got an antique ring that had little, like, tiny diamonds in a circle around it. So there was no just like, ah, diamond. But there were, you know, 15 fucking tiny little diamonds on it. So I felt, you know, I, I, I paid Satan, you know. Well, I, I mean, I Dave, it's, how, just, it's just kind of one of those things. It's like you, what have, you, do. To do it's what you do. You have to have a big screen TV. You know what I mean? You just. It's what I you do. I tried to go artistic with it, but I still I had to do, quote unquote, it. Right. Because I wanted her. She. This was my soulmate. I was trying to seal the deal. I'm like, you're it, right? I bought my wife a ring, Dave, and she wanted she wanted a bigger one. She wanted one, that one that's was more expensive. You know what I mean? Really? And I was like, okay, you know, let's just get that. I mean, I it's just the way well, of the world. 
diamond. You know what I mean? You know, you get good, married, good. you buy a diamond ring. And that, that, I understand that it wasn't always like that. That De Beers marketing thing is, it's like, what, 100, it's over 100 years old now, I would think. I'm not really sure about that, but, to be perfectly but, honest. But you're you. right. They sold us on that whole thing. And, and, and the, the, the mind fact, Tony, is that diamonds are not rare. The only reason they have value is because they withhold diamonds from the market. Yeah, well, you, right? if, like, you're, if you're smart, you'll, you'll create that supply and demand. But the creativity, Dave, and the, the exceptional marketing situation making us believe that something was not only valuable, Dave, but necessary. Absolutely right. and, necessary. And let's look back before that. So the gold band, which represents infinity, right? Forever, like a circle represents infinity forever, right? Room. So gold has been around forever. So people were using gold rings for, and somehow the De Beers family got us to go from that to like, no, no, no. You need to like take out a loan or put it on your credit card and pay us for something that's not really rare. It's not rare like gold, but you know what? We're going to withhold it from the market. So we're going to make it rare. Yeah. And wow, we fell for it. It's crazy. Sure it's, 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 a, it's a Dutch family in Africa that exists from the apartheid era that is sucking the wealth out of Africa. And what blew my mind when I watched a, a documentary about this is that diamonds would have no value if they weren't withheld from the market because there's no shortness of supply. There's a ton of diamonds. They're not rare. Like a rare metal, like gold and silver, they're valuable plutonium. They're valuable because there's a limited amount, very rare. Diamonds, there's a fuck ton, but there's people controlling the supply. Now that's and, evil. And there's right? very that's evil. Greetings, fellow Earthlings, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. We're going to continue this topic tomorrow, so please tune in at the same time. And remember, if you dig what I'm doing, please do share with friends.